Hello, this is Zach Cherian. Thank you so much for joining us for our podcast today. We are really excited to bring you this teaching. Please open your heart, and if you can, your Bibles, and receive this word from the Lord, recorded live at Brazen Grace Fellowship. Amen. We love you so much, church. It's so good to see you today. Amen. Now, I know the whole world is um, celebrating Palm Sunday. Uh, Palm Sunday kind of makes me nervous. Uh, you know, in the natural, it makes me very nervous because it, it reminds me of the people that one week are shouting Hosanna and within a week they'll be shouting crucify. Welcome to the life of a pastor. We love you. We're leaving. Um, Palm Sunday kind of gives me the little bit, it makes me a little nervous. But I understand the fulfillment of what it was. But with that said, thank God for what Jesus did. But today, I want to talk about the power and the purpose of communion. So if you would open your Bibles with me, we're going to start reading some scriptures from John, the Gospel of John chapter 6. How many of you know that you can do something that is right, but if you don't understand what you are doing, you will never live in the benefit of what you are doing? Amen? You could be a born-again believer and never know what that really means. You can be a born-again believer and live like your life is hell for the rest of your life. Why? Because you don't know what is yours through the new covenant and through what it means to be a born-again believer. So not only is it important for you to do the right thing, you got to know why you do what you do. Amen? If you've noticed in this church, when it comes to the Lord's table, the only qualification we look for is if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. In this church, we don't tell you to search your heart and look for sin when it comes to the Lord's table. The Lord spoke to me early in my ministry and said, Zach, don't disqualify those that I have qualified. The Lord's table is not meant to be for some exclusive elite group of holy thumpers who looked through their life for the last 24 hours and couldn't find sin. I always wondered why they only looked through the last 24 hours. The question is, if there is any, I mean, if they're going literally by what they believe, they shouldn't, nobody, nobody is qualified to take the Lord's table. Does that make sense? Nobody is qualified. Because I promise you between the last 15 minutes, something went through your head that wasn't right. And immediately disqualifies you based on the law. So you can't live by that because that is not what God was doing. So in Brazen Grace Fellowship, if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we encourage you to go ahead and partake in the Lord's table. Amen. But when you don't know what the Lord's table is all about or what communion is all about, we will take it like a religious ritual without realizing the purpose and the power that is behind taking it. Did you know there was purpose? There's a purpose and there is power behind every time you hold that bread in your hand and drink that cup. There is power. And today I want to start a culture in Brazen Grace among individuals, singles, married couples, I, I, I want you to create this culture of partaking in the Lord's table with yourself or as a family. Nowhere in the Bible does it teach you that this has to be done in church only. Church folk like feeling special and making you do it the way they do it. But nowhere in the Bible does it teach that this has to be done only in the church or instituted by a preacher or a priest that is standing over there. You can do this at home. Jesus said, do this as often. 
In the new covenant, there are very few things that Bible tells us to do. You're not going to go to hell if you don't have Lord's table. I'm just telling you, making that clear right now. This is not about you affecting your eternity. This is about you living in the benefits of your destiny. And there is something in that bread and that cup that and, and enforces what Jesus has already done so you can live in the fulfillment of it. Amen. So let's look at that in John chapter 6, verse number 47. Do me a favor. Put your right hand over your head. Say, stinking thinking. You've got to go. Today I receive revelation. I'm not just a hearer. I am also a doer. Speak to me, Lord. Change my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, did you mean that? John chapter 6, verse number 47. If you would read with me, please. Verse 47, let's read that and then we'll break it down in the context. Verse 47 says, Most surely I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. Hallelujah. That can preach right there, church. He who believes in me has what? Everlasting life. Who's that speaking about? You guys say, that's about me. Any believers in the house? I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven. That one may eat of it and not die. Are you reading these verses in your Bible? I encourage you all to bring your Bible with you. Good to have your Bible in your hand. People know where you're going. Ready? Verse 50. This is the bread that comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. What is the bread Jesus is talking about? Himself. He says, I am the bread that came from heaven. You can eat the provision of God and die, but you can eat of Jesus and never die. You can live off of his hand. Hello? Of what comes from his hand and it'll satisfy you for a day, but you'll be hungry tomorrow. But if you eat of Jesus, you will never go hungry again. The Lord's been revealing some things to me in the last two years, actually, that I, I, I haven't got the guts to teach here. I, I don't have the guts to teach it here because I think people are going to stone me. I mean, they already think I'm crazy. And there's something we're about to tap into about the fullness of life that God has for us. And it comes from this man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Food was never meant for you to live. In the garden, food was for recreation. Your source of life was God. Your source of life was never food in the garden of Eden. Think about that. God didn't say, if you don't eat, you'll die. He actually said, if you do eat that thing, you'll die. I believe that we are tapping into the fullness of God's power. And a big portion of that is in the Lord's table. This is why I am so passionate about it. And I know people kind of, oh, yes, Lord, ha, ha, and be there. No, you, you've got to know what you are doing and you will live in the benefit of what this Lord's table is, what that bread represents and what that blood represents. And I, I really believe we're kind of scratching the surface of, 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 of a, like I said, how do I say it without, without making people mad at me? We are really scratching the surface to where there will not be one sick, and, sick person in the body of Christ. We're really getting to the place that there will not be one depressed person in the body of Christ. 
What separates us is this verse. He who eats of me will not die. Meaning what? Everything that came from the effects of the fall will not have effect on you when you eat of this body. That was a good one, Zach. Everything that came from the fall of man in the Garden of Eden has no effect over you. Mm. That's why I preach this gospel of grace, beloved. This is really important that we understand. This is really important. You let your imagination go wild. If it's in the Bible, you can say amen to it. <laughs> there is something to this that we are still scratching the surface of it. And that's why I preach this gospel of grace without being ashamed of it. Because the grace of God, the gospel of grace tells me that sin has been put away with. Here's the problem with the body of Christ. We have been teaching communion with guilt. We have been putting sin into the very thing that we're supposed to partake of knowing that we are without sin. I didn't say you don't sin. I said you are without sin. 51. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread of me, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. Watch this. The Jews therefore quarreled among themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Why couldn't they understand? Because when you live under the law, the things that are spiritually discerned cannot be understood except by revelation from the Holy Spirit. You must be born again. Nicodemus goes, I got to go back into mama's stomach. See, his mind went back natural. Why? The spiritual things of God cannot be discerned naturally. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? 53. Then Jesus said, most surely I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Oh, I want to stay on that verse for just a second. Unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. This is talking specifically about salvation. Until you eat of Jesus, salvation is a form of eating bread. It's eating this bread that will leave you full forever. So every time you pick up that piece of bread and you take that cup, you know you're not having a meal, but it is a representation of everything the body of Jesus is. Do you know that even though the church teaches us that it's a type of, the Bible never uses that word? You know the Bible never calls the body a type of his body? You know when Jesus broke the bed at Passover, he didn't say this is a form or a kind or a type of my body. What did Jesus say? This is my body. In 1 Corinthians 11, when Peter, Paul was getting the revelation of the body of Christ and he was giving the, for I receive. For I received from the Lord that which I passed on to you the night, the Lord Jesus Christ on the night he was betrayed. He gets that revelation. Even in 1 Corinthians 11, Paul does not say that this is a type. He says, this is my body. This is good stuff. One of the reasons I believe the body of Christ are not seeing the fullness of what they are eating is because they are eating a type of, a type of something was not the very thing. You will never get the benefits of something that's a type of. But when you eat his body, you get the benefits of his body. We have been eating the Lord's table like it's a type of, and therefore we've been getting the type of benefits. He says, many of you have fallen sick. Why? 
Because you haven't discerned the body. That's how the New King James says it. The literal translation is because you haven't discerned it as my body. This is good stuff. Are you with me today? Can I teach today? I ran around so many times around my room last night. Look at your neighbor and say, stop disqualifying yourself. God has qualified you. You think your sin took God by surprise, beloved? God's up there going, Gabriel, oh no, we didn't see that one coming. Okay, 53 again. Then Jesus said to him, more surely I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11, don't turn there. It says that the life of the flesh is in the blood. Oh, we're back up. The life of the flesh is in the blood. Okay? That's why the body and the blood go together. The life of the flesh is in the blood. Are you with me today? For my flesh is food, actually 54. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood, watch this, has eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Now everyone reads this and they think this is the last day when the world will end. That is not what Jesus is talking about. Every stuff that Jesus said would happen, the destruction, the war, the rumors of war, read it in your Bible, it was specifically about AD 70 and the destruction of the temple. What is this last day he's talking about? He's talking about the last day of being under the law. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. Meaning what? When, when Jesus died, we were in him. When Jesus rose again or when Jesus was born again. He became sin and died as us. And God had to raise him from the dead. When Jesus rose again, we rose again in him. It was the last day of being under the law of sin and death. This is good stuff. For my flesh is food indeed. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't think you'll get that anywhere else. Just saying. Because people are still waiting to be risen up on the last day. Jesus ain't talking about a last day that's coming that you will raise them. He's saying on the last day of the law, I will raise them up. We were dead in our trespasses. And when Christ rose again, we were raised up with him. For my flesh is food indeed and my, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. So whenever you take that bread and you drink that cup, you are declaring I am in him and he is in me. Not type of in him or type of in me, but I am in him and he is in me. You see how literal these things are? You're not kind of in Jesus, you are fully in Jesus. You are fully on the inside of him. I don't care what you did. You don't go outside the light, inside the light, outside the light, inside the light. You are in Christ. Once you have given your life to Jesus Christ, you are in him once and forever. This is good news. That other stuff I used to preach that you lose it every time, I want very good news. This is good news. The gospel called the good, it's so good, it's almost you don't want to believe it, it's so good, good news. 
He who eats of my flesh, 56, and my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. So he feeds on me, will live because of me. What does Paul say? In him we live, in him we move, and in him we have our being. Meaning what? Your entire existence after salvation is in Christ. Oh, this is good stuff. Your entire existence after salvation. Oh, but preacher, what, what, about, what about if I, hey, don't put a but in the finished work of Jesus. Take all your commas and full stops out. Once you are in him, you are in him. In him I live, in him I move, and in him I have my being. Come on now. As the living father sent me and I believe and I live because of the father. Meaning what? Jesus' life was the life of the father. And I'll get to that in just a second. So he who feeds on me will live because of me. Meaning what? Just like Jesus fed off of the father. He received the life of the father. And therefore Jesus. Now when we feed off of him. We have the same life Jesus had. Did Jesus get sick? Don't get mad at me when I'm preaching the word of God. Now this may not go with what you're living, but I'm asking you a simple question. Did Jesus get sick? Wasn't he 100% man? And yet, did he get sick? Why? Because he fed off of his father. Jesus didn't even need to have money to be poor. He just spoke it and it showed up in a fish's mouth. You want to walk in that power? This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats the bread will live forever. This is something you have to understand. Jesus is separating what he is instituting as different, even though the symbolism of it was in the old covenant as a Passover. When you have communion, you are not celebrating Passover. Because what Passover did was atoned for your sin. Passover only covered your sin. Jesus Christ took away your sin. You have to understand, nobody in the old covenant had their sins forgiven. It was only covered until Jesus died. And then Jesus paid for the sin of all mankind, all humanity, once and forever. And then says, it is finished. Only then was Abraham forgiven. Why? Abraham was accounted righteousness. Accounted righteousness. I got to teach some of you ones that are maybe young at age. When you pay with a credit card, you ain't paying. It is accounted to you. The real payment happens when mommy and daddy do it later. Huh? It is only accounted unto you. Righteousness was given into his account, but he could never withdraw it until Jesus died and made Abraham righteous. The beautiful thing about Abraham is there was a time he was not. You and I, as soon as we receive Jesus, we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. That is why when Jesus died, and I know this timetable is not the correct one, and I get it, but there's no need to fight over that. It's probably sometime in April following the Jewish calendar. But if you listen to me, Jesus intentionally didn't die at atonement. He died at Passover. Why? The day of atonement was a part of under the law. Passover happened before the law was instituted. Go home. 
For my flesh is food and my blood is drink. He who eats of my flesh and drinks of my blood abides on me. As the Father, as the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. So he who feeds on me will live because of me. Now I'm going to ask you a question real quickly. Can I take you back to the book of Genesis real quick? Can I teach for just a second? How much time do I got? Okay. In the book of Genesis, chapter 2, verse 7, I believe it is. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And it says, and the Lord God formed man from the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. Man became a living being, a living being. Life came into him. Leviticus 7 says that the life of the flesh is in the blood. So there was something that happened when God breathed into man that blood flowed through his veins. When God breathed into Adam, blood flowed through his veins. There was something in the breath that released blood. I I know this is my theory. It's okay. But if you break down the words, that's literally what it means. When God breathed, he became a living being. The life is in the blood. Meaning what? Adam was the first one to receive the blood of God. Adam was the first one to receive the blood of God. Adam had no daddy, had no mommy. Where did he get blood from? He got it from God. Adam had the very blood of God. I taught this a few days ago to some of my people. And let me just break it down. When the Bible says, and the Lord formed man from the dust of the earth, everyone says, well, we're made out of dirt. We are made out of dirt. We're nothing but dirt. Hey, we're talking about the Garden of Eden. There were no dirt in there. The literal word there is from the earth. God made man from the earth. Can I just show you a few things? This is how valuable you are. Verse 7, and the Lord formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. And then randomly in verse number 10, it talks about what was in the ground. The first river was named Pishon and it was, uh, it was the one where the skirts of the whole land, Havilah, watch this, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. This is still talking about the garden. Delium and onyx stone are there. This is talking about priceless stones and priceless jewels that were already in the ground. You are not made out of the poop of the earth. You are made out of the priceless ground that God had just created. Don't ever say, well, we're just dust. You're not dust. You are made out of the earth. When God made the earth, he said, it is good. You are made out of something that was good. Are you with me? Don't go, well, we just dirt. Well, we, no, you're not. You are made from the best of the best of the earth. So that proves one thing. We are forever entwined with earth. You won't like that stuff, would you? When we are... Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you ain't dirt. Where did Adam's blood come from? He had no father. He had no mother. His blood came from God. His blood came from God. 
The breath of life made a man a living being or a life being. Life comes from the blood. And therefore, when the breath of life was breathed, blood flowed into man. And he became a living being. What do you call somebody in whose body there is no blood? Dead. Blood and life go hand in hand. We're not in a biology class. This is the Bible. I want you to listen to this carefully. The breath of God and his blood always go together. It is the breath of God, the ruach of God, the spirit of God that always keeps you covered in his blood. You know, all my life I was taught, wherever the blood is, there comes the spirit. My Bible teaches me the exact opposite. It's the spirit that brings the blood on me. I was told if I can keep covering myself with the blood, the anointing is attracted to the blood. That is true. But it's the spirit of God that brought the blood in the first place. So if the blood of Adam and Adam's blood was not corrupted until the fall, Adam's blood was pure, was the very blood of God, the life of God. So was the blood of the second Adam. (laughs) I told you I need permission to teach today. (laughs) So was the blood of the second Adam. What's his name? Jesus. Jesus' Jesus's blood did not have Mary's blood in it. For it would have been too polluted to die for the sins of man. He definitely didn't have anything to do with Joseph. Because Joseph had nothing to do with Mary. That blood that Jesus had was the very breath blood of God. How do I know it? (laughs) For the Holy Spirit will come upon you Mary. Wherever the breath of God is, the blood is. It is always the breath that brings the blood. The Holy Spirit, Mary was conceived with Jesus by the Holy Ghost. It was the Holy Spirit that made Mary pregnant with Jesus. She was just a carrier of his body. Nothing of her blood was in him. Why? Because Mary was just like the rest of us. The blood wouldn't work. It had to be the very pure, spotless, the Bible calls it, precious blood of Jesus. Precious blood of Jesus. Precious blood of Jesus. Even today, the Holy Spirit is constantly covering you by the blood. It's constantly covering you by the blood. If you would like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can repeat this simple prayer with me right now, wherever you are. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you as I am and receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for dying for me. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is my Lord. I am yours forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today for this teaching. We would love to hear from you. You can write us at ZCIM PO Box 592675, San Antonio, Texas 78259. For more information on ZCIM, please visit us at zcim.org or on Facebook and Twitter at ZCIM Official. God bless you.